All right, guys. So we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, people can kind of jump in uh, mid-conversation. Uh, can everybody hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you all right. Yeah, five over five. Perfect. So um, just wanted to take a moment and introduce people. I know some of you have been here before. Uh, some of you have not. So my name's uh, Josh. Um, I'm out of Arizona, and uh, I go by Cujo. Uh, we got uh, also on the core team, we've got Dan, um, who is out of, excuse me, Minnesota, right? <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> All right, yeah, you got it right. And then also we've got our president on tonight, uh, Dave, who is out of New York. Um, and just so you're aware, um, I'm the vice president of the FPVFC, so um if you have questions dan uh myself or dave are happy to answer them uh at any time um so i uh, just wanted to take a minute and introduce everybody um so tonight and keep in mind that this is kind of a brainstorming session and i understand there's some uh questions about not only regulations in the United States, but in other countries as well. So, um, and, and people in those other countries are looking for support. And, um, you know, while currently the FPVFC is, is based in the U.S., is focused on dealing with uh, the FAA in the United States, um, you know, down the road or you know, maybe sooner there, there might be an option to kind of expand that out. And I just kind of want to discuss that and, and get your guys' take on some of that. So um, now amongst the team, there is a desire to help people uh, in other countries with their regulations. However, right now our team is very small and, you know, we've got quite the workload already. So um just wanted to kind of get a feeling what are your guys' thoughts on kind of for lack of a better term going international uh well first of all i would like to know uh how could i help out on matter okay so you know there's there's lots of different things um first up it i mean in terms of helping out we've got you know, projects going on here and there, it, it kind of depends on what your skills are and how we can kind of best fit you. I mean, right now, some of our biggest opportunities are probably with social media um, and, and pushing the message out that way. Um, and, and somebody who is proficient in, in basically being a social media manager would be definitely useful because uh, we could always use help on that front. That's one of our biggest areas. Um, beyond that, uh, it, it, it's spreading the word and, and getting people committed. So, you know, we just had, uh, Dave just had the interview with, uh, Joshua Bardwell, um, last week, and we saw an explosion in memberships and people interested in the FPVFC and our message and, and what we're doing here. And it's stuff like that, that really helps solidify what we're doing and pull the community together. Yeah, Ted um, Flyer, I know you make videos, so <clears throat> I haven't noticed if you've made any where you've mentioned the FPV Freedom Coalition, but it would be a great opportunity to, to plug it in there at the beginning or end once in a while. Yeah, I really like to keep my videos about 
topic. I'll try to pretty soon. I know last time we were talking, uh, Bruce Simpson mentioned if a lot of people just had a really quick bumper at the beginning or end of their videos where they did some sort of FPV Freedom Coalition tagline that we could that would help get the word out there. Yeah, I'm actually trying something recently. Having something sort of like the UAV Futures uh, V Challenge thing that they had earlier. I'm trying to do something that just fit uh, in a different way. I but yeah. Okay. I'd be happy to just advertise a bit about it. For sure. And I'd say we're also very open to ideas. If anybody here can think of something we're not doing and can offer a way to do it, um, we'd be all ears. Absolutely. And we're also looking for uh, some um, someone with uh, accounting or bookkeeping skills as also an attorney. And we would promise not to uh, tax, if you'll forgive the pun, uh, either uh, of them with uh, too much uh, uh, work or, uh, or effort, but uh, would love a, uh, another set of eyes uh, before we um, work through the uh, accountant we have engaged or the uh, um, uh, law firm we have engaged. Absolutely. So going going back on topic, so what's the, you know, let's go back to what's the thought about going international? What Where do you think, you know, we could do the most good in, in relation to that? I, I mean, I, I think it's a wonderful idea. It's just there's, that's a whole lot bigger scale. And so that's where a lot Absolutely. of the trouble comes in with it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I and and forgive me, but what I mean, I'm not, you know, I I'm hyper focused on what's going on in the United States, obviously. So you know, what countries around the world would benefit from, you know, some extra assistance, or you know, we were discussing, or or some of our members were discussing the other day, like chapters, and 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 whatnot. So I mean, what I know, Canada has some very strong regulations going on. Beyond so them, the who else? Be, that's the other thing that would be helpful is give someone, you know, from each to kind of fill in what we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that we're not just going off of interpretation from a third party view. We have someone that's in it and can kind of give a first person view of what's going on. All right. It would be really nice if we had people from other countries join these meetings just to give us that other perspective. Well, uh, actually, uh, I think this is largely the first, but uh, there are other countries that are affected. I met a friend in India recently. He was talking about how he the stuff that he has to deal with. I could probably get him to just come over here at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a yeah. That's that would be nice. It's a it's a tough one for India. It's uh, depending on w what time zone. It's a uh, if I remember right from New from New York, it's a twelve or eleven and a half hour uh, time difference. But that would still you know we do have uh, uh, Bruce uh, XJet come uh, uh, signing in, and uh, we're we're grateful for that. He's about in the in the same uh, uh, magnitude of uh, time shifts. We're also. It's also um, uh, important that there are the various 
countries and regions are in different stages of uh, maturity. The UK has uh, um, uh, established uh, regulations. Canada has established regulations. The European Union is uh, is working on it. They've not yet uh, settled. So I don't know if uh, India has uh, uh, has firm uh, regulations established, but where they where a a country or a region is in in terms of the maturity of the regulations, I think is helpful in as much as many countries have in the past looked to the FAA uh, for precedent. So that that we know could be of uh, of value depending on where they where their country or region is uh, in establishing regulations. So I think uh, from that point, I think definitely getting you know somebody. I think it's a great idea to get somebody from each country to to kind of chime in on what's going on, what they're dealing with on a daily basis, um, how the what the hobbies like in their country, uh, because you know there I'm sure there are some countries where the hobby is thriving and there's others where it's it's a fledgling hobby, you know so. Um, and I think some of that's going to play a part in, you know, what's going on in terms of regulations in those countries. So, um, you know, I think from that standpoint, it's getting a hold of people in other countries to kind of help us out, help us understand, you know, and, and beyond that, it's like, what are the legal requirements in each country? You know, for, as an example, um, you know, in the United States, uh, a CBO is required to be a 501c3 and, um, you know, has a laundry list of things that uh, we know of at this point um, that are required in order to kind of fulfill that role. You know, what's that look like in other countries? So, and some of that is going to be, you know, some of that will fall down to a language barrier too and going through the regulation you know, the documents and, and whatnot um, so that, you know, we can understand and they can understand what's really going on. Um, you know, and I mean, how do you feel like in terms of helping these other countries out, the FPV could assist? Like what's the, what do you see as the best kind of standard for um, the U.S.-based FPVFC to assist in other countries? I think what could be really important for that is uh, have someone over there to kind of to head up that region, and so that way it would all fall into just the three of you guys. Absolutely. So you have this kind of subdivision of it. Okay. What else? Well, I think we could obviously offer our website and Discord channel to be sort of the hub for the worldwide activities, a jumping off point for everybody, a, a common name. Kind of create a, yeah, create a central hub that everybody can kind of spawn out from. Okay. Um, let's see. Now, on a on a on a side note, let's let's talk about, you know, having someone in the region to kind of manage that could, you know, one person, let's say, and I'm going to use the European Union as an example, could one person in, in the European Union manage multiple countries within that? Or should it be one chapter per country? You know, what would that look like? 
if it were very similar regulations to it, then I guess that would be feasible. But if they were extremely different, that wouldn't really make sense for it. Okay. Yeah, having uh, a fair amount of experience working, um, releasing product and selling and marketing uh, across the European Union, uh, even if um, uh, you know the offering or you know the regulations are, you know, they should be pan-European. Uh, yet, uh, I'd be willing to bet a fair amount of good wine or beer that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it would be different uh, per each country in uh, the European Union. So either either a, a region or country by country. Okay. And it would also probably coincide with uh, your point, Josh, on um, the concentration or the uh, popularity of the hobby Absolutely. In, in the country. Okay. Let's see. Um, now... You know, and and this is kind of, you know, kind of at this point in the stage, it's kind of a, a moot point. But you know, how would that? And Dave, you might have some some insight into this. How would that be? How would something like an international FPF, FPVFC be funded? Would it be up to each individual chapter? Uh, you know, you kind of see where I'm coming from there. Yeah, because the um, it, it would be a challenge in as much as um, you know we are we are a nonprofit you know uh, under the eyes of uh, the IRS and the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia, and so uh, uh, I'm not sure that you know it would be within our scope um, from a financial perspective perspective to do too much that would be um, beneficial to folks outside of the United States. Simply from a you know, a technical uh, get our five hundred one three C three status uh, renewed on a on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. And so, I kind of I kind of thought about that, and I'm like, what are the like does does being a five hundred one C three prohibit or or not not just prohibit but inhibit our ability to assist other countries? Yeah, it may. I've I've not uh, you know I've I've worked. Uh, in multinationals and international, and so you know, I was thinking of a structure that would be more multinational. So it's separate uh, entities uh, mm -hmm. with a loose, a loose confederation where uh, we share uh, core uh, information, and that would uh, that would work. Right. Right. Okay. So um, now, how? Let's see. I think in order to get a better idea of what we can do, is obviously get more people involved first. I would agree with that. And social aspect can make a big impact. I would totally agree with that, Josh. Um, so I, I just kind of want to get some feelers out on, you know, what people, you know, everybody's got friends in this hobby from other countries. Um, so... You know, I was just kind of wondering if people had stories or ideas of what was going on in those areas that we could, you know, kind of pull from and, and see what the kind of get the temperature of what's going on. So um, to answer your question, TB, uh, yes, we do have a YouTube channel and Dan can probably post that for me. Perfect. Right on cue. Um Let's see. Uh, how, I guess, 
how would you, in terms of finding people to kind of lead these, what would be your personal criteria for leaders in terms of different chapters uh, of the FPVFC? Thoughts? Are you talking about global or global, about global? Global and local. I mean, let, let's break it down. I think before we go international, in my opinion, it's better to get the groundworks here first done. Okay. And as that happens more and more spread about, which the other countries will see it as to what the base that we're doing, or or for the as well. In turn, uh, so creating what's already been started. Okay. So almost like a like a cut like get it solidified in, in here and then kind of push it out as you know as much cut and paste as we possibly could, but obviously adapting to local regulations. Yeah. Then, okay. as the word is spread, say like from like India or something, uh, someone will see it. They'll see the groundwork that's been already set. They will see what it what it stands for and so on and so forth. And either a adapt that to their idea or mm -hmm. they would try to join up with us to form a uh, a separate chapter off of it. Gotcha. So, and what can be pretty important for that also is to create kind of a a foundation for someone wanting to do that is, you know, here's kind of like a how-to kind of like thing. Resources and how you're going to go about it because it can be pretty daunting coming at it Absolutely. completely blindly. Absolutely, which is what we've been doing. <laughs> so, and I completely agree with that. That's a that's a great that's a great uh, point there. Kind of create a how-to guide and compile everything that's been learned from the the national level into the international level. Okay, I like it. Good ideas, guys. Um, now. You know, I know one of the topics uh, Bruce has kind of put forth is, uh, you know, creating an event, you know, a, a multinational, worldwide kind of drone event um, where, you know, we're all flying safely, we're all, you know, doing our thing, um, and creating no incidents and and showcasing what the the hobby is about. And, you know, it's stuff like that that kind of inspire change and, and kind of inspire people um, within the uh, within the hobby and inspire people to kind of cover that in the media. And, you know, what other ways are there to to kind of inspire that change, either locally or globally? That's that's actually something that I was thinking about earlier is um, just look at I.O. I.O. is at AMA headquarters and it. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty safe event. There haven't been many, you know, super major injuries that I've heard reported there. And if that could become something that's associated with the FPVSC as well, then that kind of expands on it. Okay. Say, Dave, you've got a good size yard, yeah, right? Well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Five, five acres. <laughs> oh, boy. That would I know be here, interesting. I know here in Virginia, 
here we host wounds uh, uh, IDD, which is a international drone day. I think that was back in April. And we had cops come out. We had, you know, companies come out. We had racing and freestyle cops showing up drone technology and so on and so forth. That might be we could start up too. Is 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 it something correlated? Is okay. it something correlated? I kind of get awesome. where you're going from. Yeah. Razor line was breaking up for me. What what I was able to hear was um, the idea of uh, creating an uh, an event uh, where we uh, invite people, demonstrate, and with the uh, one of the objectives being to underscore the um, uh, the safety uh, factor of uh, the uh, drones we fly, as well as getting the word out. Did I did I capture that? Yeah, I think that, and also you know showcasing the. I think kind of what he was covering uh, was he had like police out there that they were showing off their drone technology, what it was capable of. So showcasing oh. the innovation of drones as well like and, and what they're used for and, and whatnot. And I think that would be fantastic. Um, I, I think the, one of I love the idea of uh, making friends with uh, the local uh, municipalities as well. Absolutely. And what could, what would be kind of important is not to just keep it to FPV, but also to, you know, photography and kind of, hobby videography because that's that's so many more people than just fpv pilots mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yep. and, and even though there's a divide there it's kind of something that would have to be integrated together to grow it more well and i think that's you know there i think that's the hard part sometimes is that fpv you know for the most part it's a hobby and, you know, a lot of what the FPVFC is coming through is allowing, you know, hobbyists to, to do what they do and enjoy the hobby with, you know, as as little or, at, you know, within reason uh, regulations as possible. Basically, keeping the entry barrier low is, is how I kind of put it. But at the same time, a lot of the innovation and the good of what uh, drones are capable of does come out of the commercial sector, you know, from agriculture to energy to um, law enforcement to, you know, search and rescue, all these different things that, that people use drones for. Those are the things that, that kind of bring the good out of, of what the hobbyists are doing. Well, and that could be another thing. Here, go ahead. And the commercial folks are interested in terms of, so do you guys have any uh, pilots that are any good? You know, might be interested exactly. in hiring them. And that's exactly. so we're not uh, trying to create a, a bright red line to divide between recreational and commercial. A lot of the work we're doing uh, you know, blends the two. And, and I think that's a, a good, healthy continuation. I think that the comment you made earlier that there are a lot of people flying uh, DJI and uh, you know, maybe they're doing it for recreation. Maybe they're doing it for 107 purposes. But either way, uh, that's great. And you know, we're trying to make sure that we're talking to both groups. And especially if we could add said event that was talked about earlier, if we could kind of demo some of those 
instances where it's it's something that's very useful to have as UAVs, where you know, search and rescue or whatever else, then right. that can solidify other. Right. Interest. In, interestingly, the uh, the FAA has not come out with anything since June on this, but they they planned a mid-October drone safety week, and they're they want this to be a public and uh, private collaboration, meaning FAA with anyone who uh, they can work with. And so commercial and as well as a big emphasis uh, on recreational. So they'll, uh, the idea was to identify different days for different industries and the weekend was set aside for recreational. So like I say, I haven't seen much on this, but this is yet, uh, yet another activity we would uh, very much like to participate in. Absolutely. All right, so let's see. What else would help inspire change on a local level, inspire people to the mission of the FPVFC? You know, I, I, I think, you know, Dave and, and uh, Mr. Bardwell had an excellent interview, and I think a lot of what we're trying to do came across. You know, stuff like that that can help uh, draw more people into the into the community and uh, kind of help solidify the community in terms of uh, being together under one roof. What could be helpful is to, uh, and I guess it's kind of conflicting against each other, but get uh, local multi-GP chapters to, I guess, at least start mentioning the FTVFC just so that it gets around more. Okay, so trying to bring people in under from rate from a from a racing perspective. Okay. Obviously it would be great if we had a little elevator pitch for those multi GP chapter presidents that we could give them. Absolutely. Because that's something that we're looking for in at least the chapter that I'm in is, you know, how can we like getting venues for events is kind of hard because you can't just go anywhere and say, "Hey, I want to fly here with two dozen people." Right. Yeah, that, I can imagine that would be challenging. I'm not. I'm not by any means a racer, um, so I have no idea. You know the difficulties involved with that, but I can kind of guess that sometimes that does get hard. I know locally um, so here in you, Phoenix. Oh, do you try? Do you try to pull in? Uh, an old fart so uh, the uh, one of the benefits and one of the things that we've consciously done in fpvfc is um yeah, i'm 61 and so i'm an old fart and it helps when you're walking into a uh, a municipal office uh, you know planning zoning um, local law enforcement and you've got four decades of business experience and you're a uh, you know a, a you know a pillar of the community um, instead of, hi, you know, I'm 20 years old and uh, I would like to uh, make a lot of noise in your town and uh, create a commotion. That's no problem, right? So I'm obviously polarizing, polarizing and making a little bit of a joke, but I'm interested in have you thought about and how do you approach a situation like that? Because I think there's an advantage of working with FPVFC who's a little more, you know, you know, we, we probably come off a little more staid because you know we're interested in following the rules. 
is that something that, that you've done in, in terms of you're trying to find locations and you thought you think hmm who we're gonna you know who's we're gonna take with us is going to help us yeah and so like where we do events most of the time is a a, a motocross track mm -hmm. but then there's also like in the next in september i think we're doing a exhibition race at a uh, county fair and it's cool. gonna be a night race and leds <gasps> on everything and that's it's awesome. Like, you know, that's fantastic. But that's also, so we did a qualifier there in June, and that was kind of the trade-off for it, is, hey, you can do your qualifier here, and you can do an exhibition race for us during our fair. That's a nice, that's a nice trade-off, because certainly you'll get some good press at the, uh, at, at the night uh, race. And I think, you know, that's key right there, and and... I think, you know, building those relationships where, you know, you're saying, hey, can I use your spot? And they're coming back to you and say, sure, if you do this. And then, you know, once the event goes well, then you've built that relationship and, and gaining the trust of those people in your community makes it a lot easier. Well, and as far as I know, this is, I think this is the third year they're doing that exhibition race. And so that's, mm -hmm. there's a pretty solid foundation already with that uh the host of the county fair there so so now my question to you is and and this is a question i would pose to any organizer of any event is what are you doing with the media honestly i from what i've seen we're not doing a whole lot because it's a local multi-gp chapter and i'm not even a race organizer for them i just go to the events and you know talk to the organizers and whatnot but as far as i know there's there's not a whole lot of interaction going on there and see i think that that right there is is maybe a suggestion you could make to those organizers or anybody you know and this goes for anybody who's you know going to an event or organizing event is getting the media involved because the more that up in our in our local group here i would and, and the the reason being is you know, plain and simple, by showcasing the good of what's going on and, and the organization and the thrill of the event and, and all that kind of stuff and the safety that's happening, um, that creates a positive image for the hobby. And how many, I mean, we've all, they have all, or we have all seen all the negative press that, that we've all gotten, correct? I mean, that's not a mystery. Yeah. So you know, if you it know can what, be known as this giant kind of just spectator sport with lights and everything, that would definitely bring it up a notch. You know Absolutely. what's in, what's interesting, Josh, is uh, I would just uh, suspect that many multi GP chapters may not be thinking of here are the you know here's uh, Dan said it, an elevator pitch, but here are the couple of things. When you call the local paper and you say you've got a racing event, these are the things that you want to drop on them. This is a, a great uh, a STEM opportunity for youth in the community. We're working with schools. Uh, we're looking to invite uh, uh, any young people, uh, young young men, young women, uh, into this group. And so to to pitch the uh, you know the upside of it, you know, when you're talking to a reporter, or you're talking to someone uh, in the in the press. You know, there are certainly, uh, you know, community benefits that are going to get them interested. And that's what I think is really nice about multi-GP in particular is, you know, the first time I went to a race with my local chapter, it's there are three or four chapters around me, and 
every time it's it's the same group of you know about 60 or 60 of us that go to different races and it's wow, every time cool. someone's rooting for you behind you and you know giving mm-hmm. you a little tips on clean up your line there and it's just there's there's never this very stone cold competitiveness to it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's excellent that's great and that's the way it should be i mean it, it's you know there there's gonna be those types of events where you know when you're racing the competition comes in but when you when you step out or you're observing somebody and they step off the line you know that's when the the tips start coming in that's where the hey have you thought about this or you know maybe try this or or that kind of thing and you know i think honestly for me that's one of the main reasons i got into this hobby is because people uh were so eager to help each other out you know so you know, I would I would challenge anybody doing any kind of event, whether it's us or whether it's multi GP, uh, local race chapters, whatever the case may be, um, to definitely reach out to the media and have those conversations and and you know get something good out there. So, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I also just wanted to say that uh, I think uh, we should really be more outlining the educational value of uh, the the unmanned aerial vehicle whole because uh, at least uh, from what I've seen, I, I, I a lot of people like organizing kind of uh, like uh, some kind of build thing at a community center or something like that online at some point, and uh, I think uh, at, at least on a local level, that would be really interesting to have. Oh, Absolutely. You expand, can you expand on that a little? I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm completely following the train of thought. Yeah, it's just on a local level, I, uh, we as FPV pilots should actually try to uh, uh, get, get some uh, official uh, activities, such as uh, that are more on the education side of it. Okay. We're, we're like... Uh, we we could host maybe a demo build or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. I, I see where you're headed. I know education was a really big part of what we had discussed way back when we were first starting, <clears throat> and I kind of feel like we've dropped the ball a little bit on education or lost focus a little bit. We don't have a person that's really driving the FPV Freedom Coalition's education area. So it would be great mm-hmm. if we could find somebody who wanted to head that up and push that further. And I know we had talked about working on like curriculums and things like that to get out there. And that would be great if someone, if we could find someone to help work on that some more. Uh, so how should uh, anyone help work with this thing? I've, I might be interested. Well, we can discuss. Uh, we can discuss that kind of stuff uh, after. We're done here at any yeah. time, whenever you're free, man. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to grab a link to the um, server real quick. Hang on. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, I, I just saw just Josh. This is question asking for someone to post a link to this Discord so I can copy and paste it. Is that, I assume, what you're doing? Yeah. All right. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Th- thanks, Zoe, for stopping by. 
All right, so Razorline, what about hosting safety guidance videos or make some videos and basic what to do to aid those new and coming into it? When I came into it, no one told me about local law uh, or fields that could fly or even the basic safety as far as what to do or not. Okay, that makes That's sense. really interesting because there's getting more and more videos out of me. Like there's a Rotor Riot series on getting into, you know, the hardware of it, but what about the regulation side of it? Yeah, that yeah, like like hardware side, like hardware side, do's and don'ts of like building and stuff. That there's tons of videos about that. But if you're actually looking to it, there's no real videos that show like like how to look for laws of drones or like let's go. I go out and fly. Like for example, I'm in Norfolk. We have a we have a uh, a no fly zone. I still see people in that zone without using lance and so on and so forth because either a they don't want to do it or b it's they too and exactly and look at that that show it but in it's like it's like new we're coming into it don't do that and so and one whole bunch so, I, I, I'm like, you know, how to use certain things or what to look for or how to look up your local code to find out what you can and can't do with drones and so on and so forth. Because, like, for example, here, my city, even though it's in a fly zone, has a designated parks that you can fly at. Right. But at the same time, that, that also conflicts with the new FCC law. But yet, this one was passed in July of this year. So it's like, which one do you follow? Do you follow the local law, or or do you follow the national law, and so on and so forth? So I get where you're coming up. from. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I think that's something we can definitely put together. Uh, yeah. So... Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on any of the topics tonight? I've kind of exhausted uh, what I had written down here, um, but we've got some good feedback. I, I like some of this stuff. So uh, let me get that last thought down. Videos. So while Josh is writing that down, I could segue slightly into a similar topic where we're not really as focused on it, but we've had a few people ask us questions, how we overlap with the camera drone operators or the typical DJI crowd. You know, how, why would they want to be a member? Should they be a member? Should we focus on them at all or not? Um, curious to know what people's thoughts are on camera drone operators and how we could maybe, maybe it not help them. It's kind of inevitable. You, you can't really avoid it because it's such a large, I guess a large sector of the entire just autonomous flight, or not autonomous flight, but UAV flight in particular. Well, uh, the problem with that, though, is that with the new systems that are out now for DJI, they basically regulate everything automatically through the actual app. So, like, for example, I went up to Maryland a while back when I had my Phantom 3. I was literally 40 to 50 miles away from D.C. in Maryland, and they still wouldn't let me fly because I was in that no-fly zone. So, in essence... As far as safety regulations go, uh, their app kind of already handles that. 
but at the same time, I think air maps and I think another one will will actually allow it to bypass it with Lance. I could be wrong. You can reload a, a different set of uh, a different code to talk to the uh, the transmitter on a DJI, and just drop a different uh, flash of firmware onto the device and uh, get around a lot of their geofencing. But oh, I mean can? that's okay. That's not what you know. Not what we would advocate. Um, yeah. And and I do think there there's benefit because I mean, you know I've I've got a uh, a room full of uh, drones like probably a couple other guys on this call, and I have one uh, DJI and uh, I I don't touch it. It's boring. Uh, and but if you know if I were doing videography or if I were working. Uh, you know, with a 107 and you know, making money at it, uh, I think there would be some benefit because, boy, the you know, one there there are, if you're doing a business, there are uh, shots that you cannot get any other way other than with a an FPV uh, quad like we fly. Uh, so I, I love the idea of uh, crossover. I I think the the point is well made. You can't avoid it. I mean the uh, the numbers are huge. Uh, I love what uh, DJI has done with the uh, with their digital FPV. I think the uh, the design and how they've uh, what components they have chosen uh, to offer the market I think is brilliant, and uh, uh, I, I think they they've got a good handle on uh, how to uh, move us into uh, digital. You know, and, and I, you know, that could be a whole uh, a third rail uh, topic. I, I know, but. Uh, um, I do think it's uh, it's prudent for us to uh, try to embrace um, uh, anyone who has uh, uh, who's uh, using a DJI and uh, you know try to see if they're interested in uh, this type of uh, of UAS flight. We especially can't push them away either because then then it pushes puts a bad name on the entire group and yep if it's yeah, and- in, then that's all the better. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, to to date, you know, we've had a couple guys pose this question, and uh, it's completely understandable because they're curious. But, um, you know, honestly, by advocating for FPV, that we're advocating for, for model aircraft as a whole. You know, it's just that our focus, our general focus is on FPV because that's where the focus has lacked, has been lacking you know, for, for so long, at least since I've been in the hobby and I'm sure since a lot of you have been in the hobby. And, and so, you know, that's, that's been our focus, but that doesn't mean we exclude anybody. Uh, I would say, you know, the more inclusive, the better personally. Well, I think, uh, this really should be divided into two groups because, uh, I think a lot of the DJI quad users are the people who have have something like a part 107 and use it professionally and the other which is people who uh who are just people just flying taking pictures of themselves for fun and this kind of stuff uh and i really think that we we should be treating these two different groups as uh in, distinct as as distinct different groups mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you can't I just call them all dji owners. i agree that's no. fair that's fair yeah. and and certainly the uh, the um, I know the FAA is concerned about uh, the recreational DJI user as you know, a high uh, odds of being uh, the the clueless and reckless uh, flyer, uh, and that's you know that's someone we really would like to help educate. 
Well, Absolutely. Well, what about the wing pilots then? Like the ones who do uh, long distance flying for like wings and whatnot? That's FPV. Uh, if you look at our like, logo, we're we're into everything FPV. What I mean, like, is it like a? Uh, are we gonna like? Uh, how do I put this? I know that we're mostly focused on the uh, multi rotor aspect of it, but I mean, like, uh, how do I put this? Here, I can I can help. Like, a lot of the a lot of the regulations that we're working on, uh, you know, we're. we're we're focused on, if you'll, you know, another pun, uh, on line of sight as well as beyond uh, visual line of sight, and that, you know, that that starts to you know, be a, a better uh, classification, and it it's it pulls together. Oh, so you know, you don't care if it's a quadcopter, a hexcopter, an octocopter, or a wing. You don't care. That's right. And what we're trying to do is make sure that, you know, if I want to fly FPV, I can, I can do it. You know, either in uh, within uh, a small um, uh, area, or uh, you know, what do I have to do with my uh, uh, aircraft to fly beyond visual line of sight? Does that help characterize yeah, what, we're, what we're trying to do? Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, personally, I fly quads and I fly wings. Uh, I know Dave flies fixed wing um, and Dan, rotor and rotary wing. And yep. I I don't I don't, yeah no no I, no, I don't big, do helicopters yeah old, old old style old style hilly RC hillies yeah you're on your own with that yeah um, <laughs> those things yeah. scare the snot out of me um, but uh, you know I, I I definitely have experience flying wings Dave Dave has experience with with multiple aircraft um, you know I think uh, anything. And that's the thing is is by advocating for one, you're advocating for all because everything crosses over. I mean, and I would challenge you, anybody, I would challenge anybody to really look at our safety guidelines and, and figure a point at which, even though they are geared towards FPV, that they don't apply to any other type of model aircraft flying. You know, and um, and if you find a spot, let me know and I'll fix it uh, because it, it, it literally is general safety rules. It just takes into account some of the aspects of FPV that we all know and love, you know. And so and, and I will say that I fly wings just like I fly a quad. I fly proximity. Um, I fly under the trees. I fly inches above the ground, you know, and, you know, I as well as, you know, taking to the skies, you know, at, at decent altitudes. So, you know, I think all of that kind of crosses over. So does that kind of, kind of clarify some of that? Uh, I want, I just yeah, want to add some. Sure, go uh, ahead. Yeah, well, recently I moved into my new apartment in uh, the Tempe area of Arizona. Uh, and uh, I noticed that like what they do a lot of these these apartments do is that they include a lot of coupons for like uh, different restaurants and stuff like that uh, I don't know if this is possible but uh, maybe, maybe we, could, we could try advocating our local shops to just hold out a slip for like the FPV whenever somebody buys a drone or something like that you know, it's something we've kind of discussed before, maybe not so much on a local level, but 
some of the major retailers that are out there, you know, including, you know, maybe a slip of our safety guidelines or, or something like that along with the packages. And, and that's been an idea in the past. Um, I think the challenge right now is, is again, going back to kind of the beginning of our, our topic this evening was to kind of grow and, and become a organization of influence that can that can reach out to these organizations and these companies that that sell FPV gear and and whatnot to help us out with that. I don't and, know how many of you have a local shop near you, but if you do, print out some of our information and uh, sometimes if they have a bulletin board or something, post it up and make sure they know about mm-hmm. us. Absolutely. So. Anything else anybody has? We're kind of coming to the the end of our hour, um, and I just kind of want to wrap things up. So, uh, but if you've got any other questions or comments or things that we can do better or anything, you know, now's your chance. And uh, however, I won't limit it to just now. All right. Well, then I'll go ahead and wrap this up for this evening. Um, I want to thank you all for participating. Um, and I appreciate everything anybody can do to help spread the word and, and uh, kind of help us grow as a organization and as kind of a, a force within uh, the regulations here in the U.S. So thank you all. Thanks for being here, everyone. And have a great night. Take care. <laughs>